When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Heart and Hand, the podcast brought to you by two little boys. And yes, we can now say that again quite safely. This week in Heart and Hand, it's a David Free Zone, a Scott Takeover. Yes, folks, um, we're doing a mini pod this week because last there's still a lot of fallout from last week's hard-hitting extra special pod. Um, I know from speaking to the lads, that although they've had some praise and some criticism, their consciences are as clear as that of Mr Harris himself. Um, no regrets. And uh, I know the feedback in cyberspace, Twitter sphere was incredible. Um, but some things have to be said. Um, and usually those things have to be said by people that aren't me, it would appear. But still, never mind. I'm just going to fill you in on a few things, starting with, um, obviously, Gigi Bacali. Hi, hi. What the yeah. fuck are you doing? What? Why are you here? What the fuck? You said you're going for milk. You said you're going to the shops to get milk. I, I heard something from outside, from the studio, oh. and I thought, the fuck did he get in there? It's not what you think, though. It is exactly what I think. What do you think it is? I think it's you doing a pod because you haven't been on for two weeks. Well, is that? <laughs> do you, you got a yes, good guess. May I say? Um, Hello, you, folks. My name is David Edgar. Uh, I am usually your host, but this week uh, I am an uninvited guest. Yes, Clem Fandango. Yes. <laughs> so um, you, you won't need to do much because obviously there's not a lot of. Um, not a lot can cut through. Well, I, I suppose we can talk about the the fallout. Well, to be honest, the last couple of pods have come um, sort of later in the week, and, and uh, a little bonus for our loyal listeners, I suppose, won't do any won't do any harm. Uh, we have had an amazing amount of feedback actually from from uh, the last pod. I'd say ninety percent positive. Um, a few people were upset at the title. Um, of going for Tony Mowbray. Now, I don't quite understand that criticism because it seemed to be that you can't make a joke about a Rangers manager, that it's disrespectful somehow. Whereas I think if you'd listened to the pod, I mean, you listened to the pod, was it disrespectful? Um, Not in the slightest. I would say if you had criticism of the pod title, that's probably as far as you got. Um, and and to be honest, it, it was a joke. And yes, a joke at the, you know, possibly at the manager's expense, but... 
I'd like to think we're big enough that we can criticise, uh, you know, fairly, and we can we can joke. It's football, um, you know. It, it, this isn't like we took a shot a shit in Westminster Abbey. So, I, I didn't really get that. Some most people agreed with it. Um, some people disagreed, and some people are you know fervently believing that Mark Warburton will turn this round, which is which is great, which is entirely um, down to them. I thought that the underlying theme of the pod wasn't that we think Mark Warburton should be sacked. It's more along the lines of that we think Mark Warburton probably will be um, and, and detailed maybe the reasons for it and the frustrations of the fan. Um, we also, though, Scott, this week did... Th- there was a revelation um, that you were a scout rather than a BB. Yes, I, I copped some flack... Um, we did a poll on the uh, Twitter. It, hardly scientific, though, is it? Well, it's, it's not bad. I mean, as, as as methods go, and we found that we had five hundred and twelve votes. Can I guess? Go on. Ninety nine percent said there was a big fag boy. Uh, that that was the other poll. Um, but All right, sir. Sixty two percent of our listeners were BBs. Five mm-hmm. percent. We're in the Pansy Division, mm-hmm. along with yourself, and thirty-one percent said Sevco. Right, so not a lot of fellow scouts out there, then no. Not a lot in the Rangers community, no. And do you know for why? Because you're about to invent something. No, not at all. Because prodies were in the PB. That's <laughs> as simple as that. The- you didn't have a choice, right? Look. You went Look. to school, you were called Scott, David, Craig, William, uh, or Billy, rather, Andrew, and you went to, to, you know, the local school that didn't have the words saint before it, and then you went to BB. Not everybody, though. No, apparently not, no. 5%. Well, let me in my defence. Can I, I'll mount my defence now, okay? Your honour, okay? I bet you it's not the only thing that got mounted in your scout before. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm coming to that in a minute, okay? Um, firstly, in my small town, believe it or not, the Catholics had their own scout troop. <laughs> what? So they had their own... They wouldn't come to normal scouts. <laughs> right. Now, that is, is a segregation level. I mean, that is So we had a prodi scout... Yeah, we had a prodi scout troop. So, in my defence. Secondly, I learned a lot of interesting knots and lashes. Um, you know. And thirdly, it was the 70s. I was in the Scouts. And yeah, I was never once molested. So, I, I think I was doing something wrong. The BB trained you for life. They trained you out to become a man. Right? The Scouts... No, they trained you out to polish stuff and march up and down. That was it. What more is there to being... Uh, a man for marching and polishing lighting fires orienteering right, uh, right. O- orienteering oh my god right kayaking I, knots I, and lashes if kayaking isn't a, some sort of sexual term then, I, then I'm disgusted with you see all that shite you know like oh we're going to go outdoors and look there's a tree and there's another fucking tree let's light a fire you know that that's a load of pish BB taught you discipline Right, and it was good for someone like myself because in later life, um, as you know, um, when I decided to drink, I drank with discipline. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very Presbyterian, Scottish 
approach yeah, you had. I, I never enjoyed it. And even when I didn't want to drink, I still drank, right? Because the ethos of BBs, how many times, you know, on a, a Saturday morning at the football, when I was really rough, you would go a pint and I'd go, <sighs> all right then. And then, you know, drink 12 of them. And that was probably part of the problem. Looking back, yes, you might be on something there. So before um, before we let you do whatever it is you brought us here to do today, Scott, uh, I think that we should probably cover some football, even though I, we're not going to market this as a as a strictly football pod, but we've recorded enough of it now to, to put it out. What is your take on the current situation? You haven't been on for a couple of weeks, you know, Warbs, the, 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 the growing frustration among a section of the fans? I'd say it's a large section of the fans, judging by, can only go anecdotally, but judging by social media, forums, phone-ins, etc., I think that I'm talking, obviously, just old-fashioned method. Um, I think there is a lot of frustration, but there are still people out there who fervently uh, believe that he is the the right man for the job he's doing as well as anyone can, and he'll turn it round. What's the Vandenacker take? Well... I can't talk the last two pods and I don't want to sort of go over the same ground, but I think a lot of the people that are launching the the most fervent defence are, are, to quote Paul Calf, setting up a fucking false opposition hmm. because second, there's, there's finishing second and there's finishing second and they're not the same thing. Um, you can finish second and be building something that's visible that fans can see on the pitch off the bit and then there's been 27 points behind Celtic third and with second place now out of our own hands with the same players making the same mistakes no cohesion and let me stress this we are as close to fast fluid 4-3-3 as you and I are to double teaming that last season Rogue One mm. okay and what I'm watching from my seat is not a platform to build on, especially because the midfield, everybody, every single person wants rid of Holton Halliday and Toral and Heinemann are going back to their parent clubs. So even if we kept every part of the team except the midfield, you're looking at having to bring in four. I'd say you're looking closer to seven or eight, which means for the third summer in a row, it's an entire rebuild. That isn't progress. That isn't building on anything. We're watching a team playing pretty badly that's going to have to be dismantled again in the summer on the same shoestring budget. So I'm really frustrated. I'm also frustrated because I want Warburton to be the man to do it. I want him to wake up. But he looks embattled. He looks under pressure. And I don't think he has it in him to turn this round. And that is with heavy heart. Mm. That's the thing people should remember is that we desperately, desperately want to be wrong. Um, We've been wrong before and we'll be wrong again. So I, I don't have a problem... Uh, admitting that I would love, love to be doing a Mia Culpa episode that's just basically 45 minutes of us orally handjobbing Mr Warburton, but I, I just don't see it. And I think that the, you, you summed up something there. Now, that is key. It's about progress because a lot of people have said variations on the theme of we don't have anyone near as much money um, as Celtic, who, you know, are our our benchmark, no matter what anyone says, yes, at the moment they're miles and miles in front of us, but but we'll never stop looking. That's just the direction of of how we view things, you know. We're not looking back the way we look we look forward. And 
if you are saying that they have such a financial advantage that it doesn't matter who you then bring in as manager, it's not going to matter because it's a, it's an unbridgeable gap. What you that's quite nihilistic. Then what is the point? Then yeah. you know yeah. if that's the case, what is the point? Football is about. I saw someone say this online. Football is about romance. It's about faith. It's about hope. It's it's a game. It's a sport. Let's remember that. And we invest so much in it because of the stories and dreams and things that can happen. You know, flames, passion. It's about feelings. It's not about hard, cold logic. You know, it's why we all loved the Leicester City story last year. It's why the cup semi final win was. You know, we've all seen wins over Celtic before, but that's that one was special because, and. I think if a manager is at least providing you with that, with hope, it's kind of like religious faith. You you can believe in evolution and still be religious because one of them is about logic and thought and one of them is about faith and belief. And that's kind of where I think a manager has to be. He has to be someone who can at least be capable of sparking that emotion in you that sort of thing of okay it's crap just now and I know logically realistically the financial gap is the main reason however there's a little tiny flame there's a little tiny flame that says but you know but if we can just do this if we can just get that I can see what's going on there I can see that there's a you know we're a couple of players short I can see we've got good young players I can see we play good football and we maybe can't do it consistently but we don't have that at the moment. And that, I think, is why the people who maybe feel that there should be a change feel that way. Yeah, I think at the moment, if you were to say to people, can you see this squad with just a couple of wee icing in the cake signings really kicking on? The answer is no. The answer is we'll have to replace almost all of them. And to your other point, what you're talking about from a lot of fans now is, is indeed, it's football nihilism. It's there's no effing point. I'm going to burn my season ticket. And that's just not me. It's not David. And you'll have noticed, folks, over the years, that's not our pod. We have done a borderline homosexual comedy pod through the worst times in Rangers history. Yep. Always looking on the bright side. We've always kept you posted in funny stories from around the world, positive stories about Rangers. Hope. That's what we deal in here. And we're not ever... And your heart and hand pod going to go down the road of it's all shite I can jack it in there's no point and I, I do not place myself in with those nihilists I think there is a different way to finish second there is hope and who'd have thought in 2007 we'd have got in Manchester mm. in summer nobody well nobody we, because we didn't it was 2008 no but, anyway. no, but in, su- in summer 2007 I meant looking forward in the season I'll give you that yeah this is who, your pod who, see how often yes, does this happen exactly you have to you have to imagine that something can happen, or there literally is no point. It, and I don't see the springs, the green springs, the shoots that other people are seeing. I, I don't think we've got much to build on. Robbie, uh, sorry, um, Barry Mackay was already here, and the other best players are goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see this vast improvement. I don't see the skillful technical four three three. I I don't think it's worked. It's a shame, but I don't think it's worked. I think as well that. The drop off in attendance. People will say things like, "Oh, the drop off in attendance because we're so far behind Celtic." I disagree. If Rangers were winning and scoring goals and playing well, I don't think the drop off is as big. Even though you know, because we were. Let's be realistic. Even if we'd had a really good season, we're not winning this title. 
you know, Celtic are having a, an incredible season. And people understand that. It's it's really, really unfair on football or on Rangers supporters to say that, that they can't see that. Some, of course. But don't... This is a pet hate of mine in modern society, never mind. But it's when people take the worst examples of the opposite argument and try and use that as, as you say, a false opposition, try and use that as the basis for all the opposition. So saying, you know you the people that, that will go, why are we not winning because Celtic are winning, right? That's a tiny percentage of, if you like, the people who are thinking we yep. should do better. It's, it really is. And most people, if I don't think attendances drop off because of, you know, we, we can't win the title. I think attendances drop off because the lack of hope, because of the the complete absence of that sort of there's any chance of this changing and it's not unique to us it's why when a new manager comes in there's a renewed hope at every club that it happens at it's why they do it's why every summer football's so great in this regard because every summer's a reset and for those couple of months you've got that maybe next year it'll be different you know and Mm -hmm. and Christ we mock Liverpool fans for it um but you know the whole uh, next year's our year, but that's that. That's the attitude that keeps you going. That's the attitude that 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 keeps you hanging on in there. And I think that if that begins to go, that's why people decide to do something else for Saturday. Put it this: if if Rangers were going to be playing a a match at the weekend, it's a cup tie, and attendance will probably drop. It's live on telly anyway. But if Rangers were, were playing really well, the attendance would be higher than it's going to be. And I stand by that. I know I've no scientific proof for it, but I'm pretty confident that people who are going, Ach, I'm not going to bother because it'll be shy, would be going to the match. I, I just think that's common sense. I think so. Um, but we'll have more heart-hitting words after we get knocked out of the cup by Morton. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. that, that, that's oh. next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know my views, Scott. We have to beat Morton because the only good thing that ever came out of Inverclyde is the Glasgow train. It's just typical, typical. Where are you from, Scott? Inverclyde. Hmm. I think that that uh, that noise you that thud was me dropping the mic because um, I've just made my pump beautifully. No, you made a cheap dig at something you already knew to get cheap comedy points. That's kind of the ethos yeah. of the show. But... Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> Don't act sure. surprised. So anyway, uh, Scott, you, you've brought us all to the table. Um, I think it's because your sack is bulging with sporting integrity. Am I right? It is, and I am going to open my sack and let you all have it. Um, it's mainly, may I say, we're going to start with uh, Gigi Bacali, um, everyone's favourite. Now, the first thing to do, folks, is to Google Gigi's new palace that he built. It's, Gigi built a palace? Yeah. Outside. It's a gaudy monstrosity in Bucharest. And it, of course it's, it is. Of course it is. You'd have been disappointed um, had it been a tasteful out-of-town villa. Yeah, it, modest it is not. Um, ridiculous it is. You know what and he should have got? He should have got what? that cunt from Channel 4 to come along while they were building it. What's his name? Kevin McLeod. Grand Kevin McLeod, yeah. They should have got him to come along. Uh, I don't think this is working very well. And at one, Yeah, at one point in that show it's inevitable that he'll say, I don't think it's working very well. Someone will start crying and the wife will be the project manager. Yeah, except in this case, Gigi would have had him shot. True. There was a slight difference. Uh, Kevin McLeod's extreme uh, design makeovers, 
brackets featuring execution. Yes. It's a new show for you. So Google his new palace. But the, the main story, of course, is that Gigi Bacali may end up with his own club. Now, right, most yeah, of you... Doesn't... Well, well, most okay, of you okay, will know okay, this. Explained, yeah. no, no, he doesn't own... That's the whole point. He no, he's not the owner of Stubacrest at all. Um, let me begin at the beginning. Stoa were formed by the army in 1946. And they've always been the army club. And of course, the army have the the copyright to the emblem and the jersey, the name and the stadium, etc. Now, when Gigi took over in the early O's, he pumped money into the club and he gave them a good old run for the money. But recently, it was noted by a lawyer working for the army that Gigi had actually co-opted the name, the stadium, the colours and all the copyrights. So the army decided... Now, he was the main shareholder and, and the chairman, but he wasn't... It was their club. They yeah. never changed legally. So they took it to court. Gigi's argument was that the owner before him, who was 98 to 2002, had somehow got a document signed that Gigi couldn't quite get his hands on. <laughs> right? That had said, yeah, you have the club, all of it, even the copyright, mate, on you go, yours, the army. Right? <laughs> but this had got lost in the meantime, right? The so, happens, quite shockingly, and it went under the radar a bit at the time, a couple, 2014, the court in Bucharest revealed that the army had won and that they had rights to the, the name. So what they did to make their point, the very first game afterwards, the first game of 2015, Stoy had to play with no badge on their jersey and in their own stadium on the scoreboard it said home team instead of Stoyer. Mm. And they weren't allowed to publish a programme or match tickets with Stoyer on it either. They then came to compromise to let them finish the season, but Gigi basically dug his heels in. So this year they went back to court and just very recently the remaining courts backed up the original decision and said the club belongs to the army, uh, not Gigi Bacali. So Gigi's response, of course, is belligerence. Mm. And he has said that he will keep the initials... FCSB by calling the club either FC Sporting Bacali or FC Star of Bacali. <laughs> <laughs> However, <coughs> he then rallied the fans who have been drifting off, of course, because it's total chaos. It's basically two clubs. The fans were drifting off. He rallied the fans, but the, the Ultras, surprisingly, recently, um, a couple of weeks back, came out and said that they're actually supporting the army team. Not really surprisingly. No, they say that's the continuous team. Yeah. Then the, the people everyone looks up to, the decision makers are, of course, the 86 European Cup winning team. Yeah. You know, they do all the supporters' do's and dinners, and all of them, apart from the brilliantly named Helmut Duckadem, <laughs> who was the goalkeeper. Um, it's, it's really tragic that I'm a man almost in his 40s, and I find the, the name Helmut Duckadem so funny. It's just a great Helmut Duckadem. So he is in Gigi's side saying he's only going to put money in, but all the rest of, of the team have come out and said, look, it's the army club. Gigi has to bog off. And another ultras group came out recently and said they will go back and they'll encourage attendance at the stadium, but only if it's the army team. But to confuse matters further, and this is where we are as recently as the recording of the pod, the FA have said that both teams, Star of Bacali and Stoyer, may have to start in the 
fourth division because they may not issue a license to either of them mm. because because of the unseemly squabbling. <laughs> <laughs> the army are furious, quite rightly, right? And they they want they want the continuing the license to continue uh, unbroken. But however, they've also said that clearly, of course, they don't have much money, being the Romanian army, mm. and that the team will be running a much smaller shoestring budget. And Gigi saying mine won't. So as it stands, both teams could be playing each other in a Stoya versus Gigi derby in the fourth division Bucharest league. It's kind of Wimbledon, uh, MK Dons-ish, isn't it? It is. It's awful, and the fans are losing out. But I say the surprising thing is they've all rallied round Stoya, Stoya, and Gigi seems to have the money and the position and the big new palace, but no fans, no ex-players backing him, and no license to play. So God knows what's going to happen at the end of this season, but watch this space, folks. But Gigi may not anymore be the chairman of Stowe Bucharest, and Stowe Bucharest may not even be Bucharest, Stowe Bucharest anymore. It's Maybe sh- nobody is. Uh, it's a shame, though, isn't it, for one of Europe's yep. great names and uh, more and more this kind of crap that's allowed that. I mean, we know uh, better than anyone, but uh, is that one of Europe's sort of great traditional names, and it's really sad yep. that this kind of shit can... Also place. happening as we watch, uh, also happening to Partizan Belgrade at the moment. They're going through a really torrid time. I think Pauk Salonika. Um, there's a lot of clubs out there who you remember from, you know, UEFA Cup roundups and yeah. stuff. You know, and a uh, uh, champ manager, and they're all a lot of them are vanishing or or playing in front of tiny crowds. And uh, it's shocking what's been allowed to happen by UEFA under their watch. It's UEFA are always saying that the game's expanding and the game's expanding, but. The money's expanding in fewer hands. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, it's like the world. Um, yeah. There's a concentration of wealth and that goes to, to those who already have it. And yeah, it's, as we're getting these super clubs, it, it seems the more traditional clubs are being squeezed out. And, and obviously that's that has affected us. It's affected Scottish football. And um, you wonder how many other clubs are going to be the case. Well, there's names, you know, like sort of Ajax or Anderlecht or teams like that yep. that... that should be competing, but they can't, and they're not allowed to do so. No, there's the game is rigged before it starts, mm. and I think that's the problem that I have with it. Is if Ajax don't win the Champions League, it's no skin off Manos. But the fact that Ajax can't win it before a ball is kicked uh-huh. is something is something that should concern most football fans. Yeah. I think there's something, yeah, something sad about it. Yeah. So there we go, folks. There may not be a Stoke Bucharest, or there may be two, or there may be none, or there may be one. So watch the space, because Romania, it's not going to become any calmer and it's not going to become any more normal anytime soon. Which is good for you. For... Great for me. Yeah, for this section, yeah. So that is my erection section. Um, thanks for David's interruption, because I think it added a certain something. Me, certain... basically. The star. Yeah, it added the star. Well, the star of Bacali, the star of David. The star of David. Uh, unfortunately, when I tried to copyright that, apparently there's something... Already, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, someone had beat me to it, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't go down that route. But uh, they've, yeah. got long, they've got long memories, by the way. Yeah, understandably. But um, yeah, no, I, I, as I said, just a wee bonus pod. Please don't, uh, you, if you want to listen to the more football-based one earlier in the week, you find one um, in your download library or or uh, Apple or Android rather, and uh, we'll be back next week with a normal normal podcast after the Morton game. Might as well preview it same same we're here. Scott Morton playing quite well. Um, um from down your way and I know you know a few people who are 
who are fans. Uh, I know a few people are going, yes. The buses are going to be full. Um, they're expecting thousands to come up. Uh, they're quite confident. The way they see it is they're playing well. They're chasing down Dundee United. This is a bonus. It's a free go at us. Mm. You know, they're playing well. Nothing to lose. The league's their priority. They think we're a bit weak. And they think that the crowd will turn, which they will. And they also think that, they're t- that our tippy-tappy stuff, they've got a pretty good defence, pretty solid record. And they don't think we'll tippy-tappy our way around them. Um, and they're they're quietly confident of a, of a cup shock. So we have to make sure that there isn't one. No, I I think we'll win. I think that uh, we'll have enough um, about us for this one. I think home advantage is, is crucial. And I think that in any cup tie, not just this one, but I, I do think that we should have enough. I think that it's a difficult one because last week, you know, obviously I've coming off a, a, a rather insipid draw, but we did make a lot of chances. You would just hope that that by the law of averages we would take some of them this weekend and and go through to the next round of the cup and it's important the cup you know i mean it, it, it's it's a lifeline to the to the end of the season it's also hope the thing you were talking about earlier yeah a cup a cup run is something we can keep our, our bdi on mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's something different something who knows could win silverware yeah, we yeah, probably we probably won't but us fans need to believe that yeah. so it's important no no totally and uh, it's a, it's a very important game i mean at the moment, with a managerial situation, every, every game is an important game. But I think that this one, in particular, uh, will we'll tell us. And we've had the full week to prepare for it. Um, everybody's fit that exists, obviously, you know, Jordan Rossiter um, isn't. But he's a, he's a hologram, I think. It turns yeah, out. It's, it's, it's a myth. It's, it's, uh, God love the poor wee guy, but disaster of signing absolutely but anyway enough of that nonsense um i'd like to thank our executive producers in london mr mike lee and mr paul miles scott you might as well tell people where they can get in touch with us well presumably the twitter which is uh ibrox rocks and scott hartland i love i've got you so well trained that you give mine out first even when you get to do it i'd get bitch slapped later mm, true <laughs> i just edit it round yeah the um, Facebook page, which is uh, Heart and Hand. Yeah, just, just search for it. And it's it's and let us know what you think. As I say, they've been lit up this week with uh, with a controversy. Not not the Scout BB, there was no controversy. You know, everyone... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was unanimous, really, wasn't it? Pretty much, mate. There's the, no point trying to hide it. Everyone kind of came down on the side of good traditional Scottish values. I would have I would have said I could come to your place and use my knots and lashing skill on you, but I think that would only come out wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think that would just make it worse. You kicked off for old Harris and you might end up next to him. Yes. Although he's innocent. I don't think anyone wants that. Okay no. folks, uh thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.